You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 146 called Chanel. Oh my gosh, guys. I've never had such a quick turnaround on a podcast. I literally just talked to Chanel like 45 minutes ago, and this is the result of that amazing interview. She is on the Today Show. She has an incredible documentary coming out and it airs tonight, which is why we wanted to rush this because I want as many people to watch this as possible. It's called Stories We Tell, The Fertility Secret. It's a passion project of hers for years. She has her own fertility story, but she also talks about many other women, friends, sister-in-laws, you know, people in her life who are tucking away their pain, as she says, or have tucked away their pain, and now we're shedding light on it. And she's so passionate about this. I almost started crying as I was talking to her. Shocker, right? She's just so awesome and really wants to blast these taboos and blast these stigmas and talk about all of this. Please watch it, DVR it, tell your friends, tell your loved ones. The more people who watch this, the better ratings it gets, the more we can keep sharing these stories. So I just want to thank Chanel for taking the time. She DM'd me and it was so amazing to just get to connect with her. And I feel like I have so much love for her and this whole community of women. So I love you all. Thank you for listening. Without further ado, this is Chanel's Infertility Story. Chanel, oh my gosh, I am so, so, so happy to talk to you. Your project is incredible. I can't wait to watch it tonight. Everybody needs to watch this. Tell me why did you feel that it was so important to share these stories? So thank you for having me on your podcast. And all all of your listeners should know that you are a true girl's girl. And Uh I literally reached out to you on social media because I follow a lot of you guys and you responded immediately. And so I just want people to realize like, this isn't just like, this isn't like weeks in the making, like you saw me. This just happened. (laughs) And I'm so thankful for you. So I just want people to know you are the real deal. Oh, thank you. Same. I mean, this literally happened yesterday and I was like, and I called my, my engineer and I'm like, we got to put this out tomorrow. And he's like, done. We're, I'm on it. <laughs> so thankful, so thankful, so this is, so this is coming out the day that we are talking. This is going to come out in oh a few hours. Yes. 
Yeah. So this is coming out Sunday, December the 19th, yep. uh, 10, PM, 10 PM Eastern, nine central. If you're listening to this and it's after the 19th, I think we're rerunning it on uh, Christmas day and the day after on MSNBC. So I'll find out. So if you are listening to this podcast and it's after the 19th, no worries. There will be other uh, chances. Yep. I hope to see it. Hopefully if there's enough support, um, this has been on my heart to do for a very, very long time for years. Mm-hmm. I'm 43 years old. And mm-hmm. I remember decades ago, like in my early twenties, one of my best friend uh, was having fibroid surgeries like over and over and she would have the surgery and then be right back at work. And we just thought it was what she needed to do. They're like these gross in your uterus. And we thought, okay, no big deal. And now here we are literally two decades later, three decades later. Yeah. And um, she and so many of my friends are having problems and, um, and we never saw it coming. And so that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this because look, there are so many things. I mean, IVF, egg freezing, surrogacy, fibroids, endometriosis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things under the umbrella of fertility. And I felt like I was, you know, working, juggling, and then going home and talking to some of the women who are closest in my life and they were having these problems. And I just felt like, you know what? Enough is enough. You know, you hear so much about the media. Well, darn it. I am the media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I'm like, you know what? I have a voice. Yeah. And I'm going to try to use my voice to be a helper. And I love that. I also want to say you, you went to Northwestern. Did you I'm go to Northwestern? Chi- I didn't, but I'm a Chicago girl. Oh, yay. Um, I yes. grew up in Chicago and my niece is at Northwestern right now. And I wish I oh, had. Um, okay. Yeah, absolutely. But I love that you say that there's a transformative power in storytelling. You said mm-hmm. that. And I think that I agree. That's why I started this podcast two years ago. That's what, you know, I wanted to share my story and other stories. So tell me about why that is so important to you. Do you know why? Um, And I'll tell you a little bit about my journey, but I think, well, first of all, I'm a journalist and I can see it every morning on the show, like how, when you tell a story, you can win the hearts and minds of people, if you will. And I think, you know, look, I had one hour and there's so many ways to talk about infertility and fertility. And I worried that if I got too political or if we start talking about too much about finances or we start too much about politics, like those things, I didn't want to lose people in the story. And so in my mind, I'm like, if I can just introduce you to these women and you hear their stories and you can see kind of where they're coming from and meet them where they are, then when you start to hear stories about maternal health and funding and research, you can put a name to these nuancy concepts. And I'm hoping that we can win the hearts and minds of society at large mm-hmm. and that women don't have to feel so isolated and alone. Right. But because we don't talk about it, I feel like people are moving forward in life and we have, thank God for people like you and thank God for the good part of silver lining of social media is that you can find a home and find uh, comfort and sisterhood. But there are just so many people who are still struggling on their own. And I just mm-hmm. feel like, like I said, I, I had a miscarriage before my first son mm-hmm. and up until I promise you uh, a week ago, I've never even mentioned it to anyone up until a week ago, what? even during this, yeah, even during this podcast or even during shooting this documentary, would you believe it never really crossed my mind? It's wow. so crazy that the whole time I was so worried about my sister-in-law who's doing this, who's one of the women, mm-hmm. my friends, I was so worried about them and I interviewed them for hours, maybe mm-hmm. eight, 10 hours total. My own experience never crossed my mind. It's wow. so crazy how, and I look back and I'm like, why? And I think it's because you tuck it somewhere and you, you, if you have children afterwards, you, it's not, you forget, but you just tuck it so deeply that you just move forward. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until a reporter 
like a couple of weeks ago. I'm out promoting this documentary. Please support these women, support, support, support. And then she said, you know, did you ever have any fertility challenges or did you do IVF? And I said, no, I didn't. And then she said, well, have you ever had a miscarriage? And I said, well, yes, I have. Mm -hmm. And then that opened up a whole new matrix. And I thought, oh my God, like, how have I not even talked about this? And I look back and it was what now, 13, 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the time it was so heavy. Like I remember finding out that I was pregnant, so excited. I remember, um, you know, the whole thing, the lines go, I've heard you have to go. It's so funny. All of the, the things your girlfriends tell you, you have to get two pregnancy tests, one from the dollar store and one from an expensive. <laughs> don't one, ask me one with the lines and one with the words, right? Yeah. I don't know why, <laughs> but they were like, did you go to the dollar store and get one? Did you? I'm like, sure. Did you go to Walgreens, CVS, wherever? Sure. So I remember like, you know, going up both of them, like, oh my God, I was so excited. You know, and then very soon after I was like so sick and I was like, oh, this must be morning sickness. That's, this must be what they mean by morning mm-hmm. sickness. You know, I just felt sick. Like just, I can't even describe it. Just like I was, I thought I was dying. Like I just felt sick. But then I was like, but that's what I heard that that's what it's supposed to be. Right. And at the time we didn't have apps. We didn't have, mm-hmm. we had what to expect, you know, the book. <clears throat> Right. But that was once you started kind of showing and stuff. So I didn't really have a place. And so I remember going to the doctor and he did the ultrasound and he was like, I could tell by the look on his face that it wasn't good. And he said, well, the heartbeat is pretty weak. I honestly don't think this is going to last. He was like, um, and I was like, well, no, 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 just give it, give it time. Like in my mind, I thought if I could just pray hard enough, yeah. believe hard enough, eat healthy enough that maybe that and believe strongly enough that that heartbeat would get stronger. Right. Cause I think mm-hmm. up until that point, I'd never really experienced loss. Right. So it didn't even cross my mind that, oh, no, 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 don't worry. It's going to get stronger. And so I went to a journalism conference, which is like our Super Bowl every summer and have my blazer and my helmet hair and my hoop earrings, <laughs> my heels. Oh my God. I love you. <laughs> and my VHS tapes. And I was going from <laughs> you had your reel like on a VHS, I had my VHS yeah, reel, your sizzle reel, my whole situation. And I was like feeling like I was going to barf at any, not even barf, just sick. But I'm like, it's okay because this is probably morning sickness. And so going from booth to booth to booth to booth. And then I confided in one of my mentors while I was on the floor of going from booth to booth. I said, Hey, um, I'm pregnant, but the doctor told me that, you know, the heartbeat isn't strong, but I, I already know it's going to be okay and blah, blah. And she's, how do you feel? And I'm like, I just, I feel really sick and blah, blah. And she looked at me and she put her hand on my shoulder on the floor with all these TV people, magazine people, radio people's buzzing around. And she looked at me and she was like, you're having this carriage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was almost like, not offended, but I was like, what do you, in my head, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then another piece of me was like, well, how does she know? Why is she so sure? And I'm not sure. And she's yeah. like, look at me, you need to go back upstairs to your hotel room and rest until it's time for you to go back home. And I was like, I started crying. And then I went back upstairs and people were calling me, oh, you coming to this get together? You coming to this networking party? You coming to this shindig? And I was too ashamed to tell anybody what was happening. So I was just like, no, I'm going to miss it this time. I'm so sorry. I'm just not feeling well. And then as soon as I got back, rushed back to the doctor, I was in Philadelphia at the time. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, he was like, yeah, there's no heartbeat. And even even then I didn't believe it. I'm telling you. I was like, it's okay. It's going to come back. And he's like, Chanel, you need to have a DNC or let it pass. I'm like, no, 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 nope. Mm-hmm. I left. I left and I prayed and I was like, nope, 
I don't care. The heartbeat is going to come back. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was that sure. Yeah. Long story short, I got really, really sick, ended up having the DNC and I was crying to the physician because even then after the procedure, I was like, what if you just didn't give it time to come back? Right. Right. No, not to get too graphic. He was like, but it was gone. Like you, yeah. you, you, you were making yourself sick. And I was like, okay. So then you yeah. go to this stage of mourning and grief. And Absolutely. I you can't even see straight. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Like, and I remember the work would call, I took maybe like three days off, which now seems like nothing, but it's mm-hmm. huge in the news business. Right. And, and I cried to my best friend and slowly, but surely you pull yourself out of it, you know, but, and I can't use shame on me for not even remembering that. Mm. And so I started talking about it. Yeah. You know what I found so interesting too, Chanel, is when we were DMing and I said, you know, I'd love to hear about your fertility story. And you said, well, I just had one, one miscarriage, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, as women, we brush, we brush it off. Right. Don't you feel like we minimize what we've gone through? You're right. Cause I felt guilty. I felt guilty because you haven't gone through as much as other people have. I think that's such a common, it's such a common feeling. And I, I, I was, you know, the same way, like I had four miscarriages, but I only did one round of IVF to have my son. So my first round was successful. And now, you know, I have fertility rally, which is this community of women. You know, there's over 300 women around the the world who are part of this community and people have gone through round after round. And I, I feel guilty because I'm like my first round worked. And so like, I have a friend who's gone through nine rounds and, you know, like you, I think as women, we just kind of try to minimize our pain, but we always try to say, this isn't the pain Olympics. Like if you've had a loss, it's a loss. So that loss, your first miscarriage, your miscarriage, that was hard. And that's a loss. And you have to grieve that. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, why do you think as women, we, we try to minimize our pain though? That's a really good question. And I wanted to explore that. I yeah. think, I think that there's this narrative and I've said this, that we have to be strong. Like mm-hmm. I am woman. You have hashtag strong. Right. Right. Hashtag resilient, you know, right, we right. celebrate strength so much that I think sometimes it comes at a cost mm-hmm. and we feel like we have to, oh, it's okay. I, I got knocked down, but I'm going to get back up. And then for those of our sisters who are like knocked the freak down, mm-hmm. they don't even almost want to talk about it. Cause it's like, I don't want to get up. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm knocked down. And so as opposed to admitting that you're knocked down, you just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So you asked the question like, why are we whispering? Which I think is such a great question. Why are we, why are we whispering about this? Why are people not screaming it from the rooftops? Like I'm in pain. I'm going through some shit, like help. Mm-hmm. I need help. That is such, again, a good question, but you know what I think, and I'm not trying to sound cheesy, but ladies, we can rock this thing. When we say enough is enough, enough is enough. And history has shown us that when we come together, black, white, Asian, whatever you mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. when we come together in our collective voices and we say enough, 
things change. You know, you talk about me too. And God, women's suffrage, like there's so many things throughout history where when women finally had enough, whatever they had to do at home to get their husbands to listen, Mm -hmm. we spoke. Mm -hmm. And I think we are at a place now. My prayer is that I can help be part of this grassroots movement and this groundswell where we come together and we say enough is enough. You know what? I am grieving today. So I'm going to need a few days off. If you lose a pet, you can go into work and people will be like, Oh my God, you lost your pet. Like, Oh my goodness. You may get flowers, cards. You lose, you lose a child. You have pregnancy loss and you like, feel like you can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. How, how did we get to this point? Like how do we, well, we can, we have to grab our narratives back and, 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 and manage our, you know, and, and talk about it. Like that is a huge piece of this. And another piece of it is the, you know, so many women I talked with said, I wish I would have known, like when it comes to some of the health challenges, like the surgeries and the fibroids or Mm -hmm. egg freezing, or how many eggs do you have? Like, Mm -hmm. we just don't talk about it. So, so many women were like, I just wish I would have known. And so I'm hoping, okay, so they're those of us who are dealing with it cannot feel alone. Mm-hmm. And for our younger girlfriends who are in their twenties and early thirties, maybe they can start talking about it. Like I just, but again, we just have to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what I wish I would have known was that, you know, I had my daughter who's now 12 when I was 35 and we didn't start to try for our second kid till I was like 37, almost 38, because I didn't know that fertility, you know, your egg quality starts to decline when you're 35. Like it's a clinical fact. I didn't know that no one ever mentioned it to me. And so I didn't think I saw Halle Berry's having a baby at 45. You know, like I see, I saw all these celebrities having babies late in life. And my husband and I were like, we're good. We're good. I literally did not know anything about my fertility, about the way that it works. And I talk about this a lot. I wish that when you go through your health classes as a young woman and a young man that you were taught these things, because Mm -hmm. had I known we would have started to try earlier and then we never would have been in this situation. Do you think that this, you know, we're having this conversation, I'm doing this documentary. Mm -hmm. Are you hopeful that we can start to change this? Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think I want to say like stories, we tell the fertility secret, your documentary documentary, which airs tonight, everybody watch it. And it will re-air and you can see it on streaming as well. MSNBC. It's so, when I saw that you were doing this, that's why I was like, oh my God, I got so excited because I was like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for sharing this. And you have such a platform and you have such a voice and people are going to watch this and it's going to change the narrative and it's going to empower people. And I I just think it's it's so important. Tell me about some of the women in this documentary. And another thing that I love that you say is that people tuck the pain. I love that phrase that you said. It's true. Why do we tuck the pain? It's so true. So I feel like this is a topic that's hard to discuss. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, you know, look, I'm on the Today Show. I have a platform, but it was, this is not something that I can easily just bring to a network and say, can we put on television? So I, on the side, that's crazy like, to me, Chanel, I've, uh, why? Well, like, I mean, we talk about it, but even on our show, you know, it's a morning show. So you can only talk about something for maybe four or five minutes. Right. And my executive producers are amazing. Like we've mm-hmm. all, we've become family at 30 rock, but there's only so much time to tell a story. And I really right. wanted to, to zoom in a little more. So it's just, it just, the format just doesn't lend itself to saying, okay, this morning on the today show, we're going to spend the next 
four hours all the way through Hoda and Jenna <laughs> and just talk about infertility. You know, but you know what? Hoda and Jenna have had their fertility issues as well. Oh yeah. And the, thank so, God. And, and my yeah. co-host Dylan, like, yeah, Dylan, so they allow us. Yeah. So they totally allow us to talk about it. And you know, like today.com, like we do write-ups, but I wanted to do something different. I yeah, wanted yeah. to like really like lean in and pause and breathe and have a discussion. And so I was like, okay, let me just on the side outside of work, to see if my girlfriends will just let me talk to them with them. Mm-hmm. So like a friend of mine got a camera, we got a warehouse space in Brooklyn and we just kind of did it on the side of my real job. And then after I interviewed my friends, I was like, wait, this is like something mm-hmm. like, and, and then at first I was like, okay, well maybe I need to find this part, a black person and a white person, like, you know, and, and make sure it's diverse. And I'm like, I tried to, cause I wanted to make sure our the stories were appealing and all of that. And then something like I got this whisper and I'm like, you know what, Chanel, every woman has a story and our stories are transcendent and our stories, you know, it's like, no, these are your girlfriends and it's okay for you guys to sit around a coffee table and have this discussion. And like, I'm so glad that I did. Like I, you know, I watched sex in the city and I see myself as Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) She's not brown, but I still, you know, and so I, my prayer was like, Ooh, I have so many goals here, but could that be possible too to show show the world that hey, like we can all come together and like they these women may not look like them, but they can relate to their stories. Like mm-hmm. my friend Whitney, who's freezing her eggs, she's thirty five, and like my my sister in law Ada, who get, who's getting ready to turn forty, she's on her eighth round. Like you know, I'm like sure they can, and I'm so glad I did because I've heard from people all over this country who have told me that they have felt seen, you mm-hmm. know, and so I. It feels, it feels bigger than me now. Yeah. Can we talk about as well? Like, why is this especially more taboo in, you know, with women of color? Like I've interviewed many women on my podcast who've said, you know, as a woman of color, you're supposed to be fertile. The like cliche is that you're fertile, you know, like, do you feel that as well? Absolutely. I mean, there's a stereotype. Gosh, I remember when I was in high school. Like the message was, do not get pregnant. <laughs> oh my God. And there was, are you kidding? Like, oh my God, Chanel, it was like, if you have sex without a condom, you're going to get pregnant. Like there's no in between. Yeah. Like it's happening. And yeah. we had a nursery in my high school, in Wichita, Kansas. And it was like, ooh, like those girls, like they have to go. Oh my God. Work. Really? Like there was a nursery for the there women like, who had babies yeah, in high school? Yeah. Like, yep. And I remember there's like maybe four or five kids and like, wow. And Where did you grow up in Kansas? Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Yep. And there was this stereotype that, you know, especially a black girl, all that black girl, she's got 12 kids and that, you know, it's just a oh, stereotype wow. yeah. Yeah. for better or worse. Right. And then also the concept of being strong and passing that down. I mean, it goes all the way back in history. I mean, yeah. you know, and I even debated on how deep to go. I mean, for let's face it, like for decades, our wombs were like a commodity, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you can't yeah. produce children, you have no worth. And so Thank God those days are gone, but that trauma still go passes through the generations for better or worse mm-hmm. in ways that I think that we don't even recognize. It's almost like any other kind of genetic disorder. Like they've taught their research is showing now that trauma can be passed on. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really talked a lot about that as a society, but I think we will in the, in the years to come. But like it's the same way you know, somebody who has diabetes or any kind of a disorder, sometimes it can be genetic and trauma can be passed Mm -hmm. through. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I can live right and eat right, but if my family has high blood pressure, I'm at risk. Mm -hmm. And so there's trauma 
that is, there is a bed of trauma that we almost, I think in our modern day world, don't even feel until we slow down and we're like, oh crap, like this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, even amongst my girlfriends, sister girls, we acknowledge it. Like we mm-hmm. were like, what is happening? And so to executive produce something like this mm-hmm. and to get a national platform, I really had to soul search on how much I go there. Mm-hmm. Am I alienating this person by talking about this? And am I, you know, where is, where is the line of how mm-hmm. much we discuss? Mm-hmm. And I think we found it. I would love to hear your feedback after you watch it. I cannot it. wait to watch yeah. it. And my yeah. mom too. Yeah. Hi moms. Who's oh, listens to every single podcast. She's Yay. like, I've got it on record the DVR. Like she's so excited. She Googled you. She, she, she texted me. She goes, Chanel went to Northwestern. Make sure you bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I also want to prove to like society at large and the suits, like guys, we can put a show on prime time and talk about fertility and it raises and it does well and it's supported. I'm like so determined. I can't even tell you. So when I, before I started with this podcast, I have a journalism background as well. I went to University of Illinois, but I tried to write a book about what I went through and I wanted to write a book about IVF and I wrote a book proposal and I went to all these book publishers and every single person said, the writing's great. This is super entertaining, but nobody is going to buy this. No one, we can't sell this. No one wants to hear about this. And I was, this is only probably six years ago, seven years ago. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because when I went to the bookstore, there were no books when I was going through this. I was looking for books about miscarriage or recurrent pregnancy loss. And there was nothing at the time. And thankfully it's changed dramatically in the last handful of years. But Chanel, it's like, I couldn't get I couldn't get the word out. They were like, you don't have a platform. You're not a name, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no one's going to buy this. And I was like, that's fucked up. Like, Hmm. I I just was so disheartened by the fact that I'm like, how could this not this one in eight, one in four have a miscarriage? How, how could this not sell? And you know what it feels like now with, with Instagram, at least, it feels like we have a space, but mm-hmm. I'm ready to cross that bridge. I 100%. want to, bridge to put that bad boy on prime time. 100%. We need both. We need both, but I'm, I really am going to try. 100%. And stories we tell, the fertility secret. Tell me before we wrap up, please tell me about a couple of the people in your, in your documentary. Oh, okay. So Ada, my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. she is on her eighth round of IVF and oh. she is guys, the best auntie to my children. Mm-hmm. Like she is. She it's from day from my 12 year old. I mean, more love and gifts and creative gifts, monogrammed and thoughtful and just has been the best auntie. And so imagine every Christmas, you know, my kids are running around and she's been dealing with this quietly every Christmas. So hard. How many women have dealt with that when you go, especially around the holidays and you've got all these nieces and nephews, auntie so-and-so, are you going to have a baby? You've been, and then another relative, you've been married now for. It's so long. Like knife to the heart. Yeah. Right. So she represents that. I have another friend who's 35 doing very well. She's an attorney. She just hasn't found a guy dating online, trying to be open, all the things they say to do, (laughs) hasn't found the guy. And she's 35. And she's like, you know what? Her sister, who's also my doctor documentary is a fertility specialist. Her sister's like, look, Whitney, you got to freeze your eggs. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want to, because she felt like it was like giving up. And so she talks about that in the stock, like the, the, the journey between giving up and feeling empowered and where that line is. Um, I have another friend who went through IVF and they're not all sad. Like, I don't want people mm-hmm. to think that you're going to watch and feel sad. There's hope mm-hmm. there too. Mm-hmm. Some of them have children, but I was also 
honest, not all of them have children yet, yeah. you know, yeah. and if you get to the place where you decide you want to adopt or you want to do a surrogate or you don't want to have children at all, it's all okay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. I think it's, it's so wonderful. It's so important. And like you said, there's so many different stories out there that need to be told. We need to stop whispering about this. We need to go behind closed doors and talk about this and talk about our experiences, because I truly feel like as women, we're so strong and powerful. And if we can just come together even more, you know, we can, we can blast these stigmas and blast these taboos and stop talking away the pain. So I feel like I'm going to cry because I'm so passionate about this. And I know that you are too. You guys, stories we tell the fertility secret, watch it tonight. Chanel Thank Jones. So oh my God. I love you. I like, I love you like that. <laughs> and Thank please, you so much. When you, do, when you do part two, like, please, I would love to help in any way that I can or be a part of it. Let's keep well, this let's conversation. Just hope we can going. get a part two. We just have to get enough people to watch. Let's part keep one. this conversation going, please. <laughs> yeah. And thank, thank you. And for- hi to your mom. Love to your mom. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> thank you for taking the time. I know you're doing tons of press and you're so busy, but I really appreciate it. And this thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right, y'all. So watch it tonight. It's called The Stories We Tell, The Fertility Secret. It's on MSNBC, DVR it, spread the word. Thank you so much to Ryan, my engineer, for rushing this out. I was like, can we jam this out in like an hour? And he's like, yes. So Ryan, I love you. He's been with me since episode one. He's awesome. He probably won't hear this or maybe he will when he's putting it all together. Ryan, you're the best. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks again to Chanel watch MSNBC's special stories we tell the fertility secret tonight let me know what you guys think all right talk soon